The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we're working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Well, Abigail, it's wonderful to be back with you again this evening. Wonderful to be here. It is gorgeous. I know. We've had a very unusual winter. Yeah, this start to winter. (laughs) I could could do a little bit more of this. Yeah. Well, I am excited for our guest today, and I will maybe let you introduce him. Absolutely. We have Mr. Ben Strzok with us this evening. And for those of you that who do not know Mr. Ben Strzok, he is not only an alumni of Liberty Classical Academy, he is now one of our science teachers and one of the people that I very frequently think, I cannot wait until my kids have mm. this teacher. So I'm sitting here with my, you know, fingers crossed just in anticipation. Can't wait to hear more <laughs> from Mr. Strzok. And he has some really cool things to tell us about things that are happening at Liberty that are just really unique and fun. So we'll be discussing um, the Seeds of Change program that yeah. is just a few years old at Liberty. Yes, exactly. Well, welcome, Ben. Hello, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and I might add that Ben is also the father of two little Liberty Lions. Oh, well, I can't forget that because <laughs> every time I see them, I have to stop myself from pinching their cheeks. I'm like, don't do it. No. Don't do it. They don't know you. Don't don't do it. They are adorable. <laughs> oh, they are so adorable. Yeah. Well, Ben, it's so great to have you on to talk about this exciting opportunity. And maybe before we get started talking with you, I'll give a little introduction to our listeners about this Seeds of Change program. And what it is, is it's a nonprofit organization that seeks to help produce new antibiotics in the United States and actually across all of the world. And I think people are pretty well aware by now that we are um, running out of antibiotics in terms of not the number, but the the effectiveness that there are more and more antibiotic resistant species. And um, therefore, they're trying to bring forth some new ones, right? Is that is that the kind of the base of it, Ben? Yes, that that is definitely what's what's going on. And the really cool part about that is that the the rainforests are really a, a deep well of biodiversity, mm-hmm. and most of our uh, plant based medicines come specifically from the rainforest. So the kids they get to be right where it's all happening. It's not just a, you know in a sterile lab or anything like that. Wow, I did not know that most of the antibiotics come from the rainforest. That's really interesting. So that explains then um, why this particular organization, um, their base, their lab base is in Costa Rica. 
And so our students can either take a class. We are actually one of the founding partners of this organization, one of four schools nationwide. And so we have a class that um, the students can take at Liberty on site that is a bio um, informatics type class. But then there's this trip that the students can take to Costa Rica and you, as a science teacher, accompanied those students on that trip last June, right? That's correct. Yeah. So maybe tell us, um, Ben, maybe a little bit about how how does this trip play out? Because we're talking about 15-year-olds here, right, that went on this trip. We're not talking about college-age students. And, and in fact, by the way, the Seeds of Change program specifically targets high school kids because they want to get more and more students interested in science. Um, but they're capable of doing so much more than I think a lot of people think. So tell us how they are put to work and challenged when they get there. Sure. Uh, first of all, with the, with the targeting of the high school kids with this program, it's, it's not just that the program wants to engage a, a broader range of students. It's that the high school kids, it's been shown through a lot of research that their creativity just vastly outpaces anyone, even just a couple years older. Hmm. And that when you're, when you're 16, that is, that is pretty much your peak creativity. And everything past that, our, our education system in America, unfortunately, tends to kind of stamp out any type of creative thought. Hmm. And it, hmm. the, the program is basically trying to get these kids before they enter the, you know, higher education or any more damaging of the public school system. Interesting. I did not know that, Ben. So yeah. so research shows that. And actually, it's interesting because one of my husband's employees actually, actually just sent me an article about two months ago, and it is on this topic that children are the most creative when they're young and that they continue. Mm-hmm. And then as they get older and older and older, they become less and less creative and that they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of arguing that the school system, what you just said, tends to stamp out creativity. And so I thought, oh, I, I thought that was interesting because I had not actually heard that topic that the school system can stamp out creativity. And I have to say, one of my responses to her was as a classical school, we're continuing to develop that deep thinking in kids, which is very mm-hmm. different than what happens in a lot of other school settings. So it'll be interesting to see. We should almost look at our students and what, where they go when they graduate. Is are they are they kind of keeping that creative spirit mm-hmm. uh, beyond what is typical for most students? Be interesting. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so they're getting these kids at the peak time before they start to really lose that sense of creativity. So when they arrive then in Costa Rica, um, you, you I think, ride a bus, I suppose, from the airport to this lab site that is up in the rainforest. Is that right? That is correct. And it's not just up in a rainforest either. It was, it was ooh, oh, about three, four-hour drive up into a Costa Rican national forest. Wow. Uh, in the middle of two active volcano sites. Oh my goodness, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of the most beautiful, beautiful van rides I've ever taken. Wow. Um, and the, the, the longer this bus ride goes on, the, the higher in elevation we're getting. And at a certain point, we just drive into the clouds. And it's, it's almost, oh a, gosh. 
almost a permanent presence of this cloud. It's, it's that actually called the cloud forest because there's so much humidity in the air that it never really dries out, and it's just a permanent layer of clouds blanketing the volcano, which is one of the reasons there's so many different types of plants there is that there's just it's, it's the perfect growing conditions for them. Wow. Um, so we arrived at the, the Finca, Finca La Anita, which is a little farm. It's a cacao plantation. Um, and they were growing chocolate plants and, well, I guess I should say cacao plants mm-hmm. um, and coffee plants and tea plants. Really, really picturesque plantation. Mm. Um, and each group of students, uh, we got mixed up into to different groups based on schools. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just that the students were with students they already knew. They got thrown into, uh, into a group of kids that they've never met before. And they had to figure out really quickly um, how to form relationships that work and not mm-hmm. just not just relationships based off of, oh, goofing around or right. you know, making fun of each other. Right. Like that. <laughs> they had to learn how to function as, you know, uh, young adults, which was yeah. really, really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got put in their cabins and then we went and had dinner at the Finca um, and we ate out on this, uh, not terrace, it was more of a deck, but it was covered. And it overlooked this plantation, and right at the edge of the plantation is the rainforest. There is no hmm. uh, buffer zone between the farm that we're staying at and the actual rainforest and volcanoes and wildlife. It was really, really fascinating. So every hmm. every uh, evening when we'd be eating, the kids would just be able to look out and see, you know, see toucans flying by and swarms of parrots and monkeys, wow. and it was just. It was unique. It was it was like we were in the Garden of Eden. It was oh, it was yes. it was very spectacular. Wow. I'm so um, glad we had you on, Ben. I haven't even heard some of these things yet. That's so cool. <laughs> Keep going though. I you do were... like to talk, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no. that was that was just the first night. And that evening we went on a uh, we went on a hike just around the property. Which it, it's a, it's a large property. I don't know an exact acreage amount, but it's not just someone's backyard. It's a, it's a very large plantation, um, over half of which is just jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've actually cultivated a very small amount of their property, and they did that on purpose to preserve a lot of the biodiversity of the plants and all uh, and the animals as well. But mm-hmm. specifically targeting the the uh, insects that are living there because that's what the students are actually studying okay. is the insects. The, leafcutter ants specifically, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went on this hike. A couple kids got stung because they weren't paying attention. None of our kids, though. Oh, good. <laughs> they, were, uh, they, were, they, they knew better than to approach the wasp nest. But oh, my nice. goodness. I would hope yeah. so. No. <laughs> well, it, and I joke, but in all seriousness, these a lot of these kids that have gone on this trip, they've never left the cities, mm. let alone left the state or the United States. And, okay. and they get... They get driven up into this plantation, and it is a it is a life changing experience for them. Sure. Um, and a lot of a lot of the Liberty students as well. Uh, I saw very drastic changes, not in their personality, but their confidence levels after having spent ten days in the jungle um, doing actual research science. It was just an enormous confidence boost for these mm. kids. Mm. That is fantastic, yeah. and and what a gift to well, be giving them. It's not surprising, though. No. I mean, the more books that we read, the th- topics that we've discussed on this show talk about. I think we've talked a myriad of times about how you know that the focus in schools and even some well-meaning parents, you mm-hmm. know, is 
you want to give your child self-esteem, but really what you should be doing is giving them opportunities to show that they have actual skills. And the more opportunities you give them to build those skills where they actually have something to offer, they've actually done things and proven to themselves that they are capable, then that is where the self-confidence comes from. Yeah. Yep. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't generate self-confidence without actually accomplishing something. And um, even though our culture would like to think that by giving a ribbon to everybody that's developing (laughs) self-confidence, the the real confidence comes from Exactly what you just shared, yeah. Ben. That mm-hmm. that is really amazing that you got to watch that. You know, and when you say in ten days, think of that. That's not very long in a right. student's life, and yet it was that transformational. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk, yeah. yeah. So you talk about those leaf cutter ants, and so that you know, the first day they they get brought up into this new environment, and you know, I'm imagining you did a great job of describing it with the two cans and. And monkeys just kind of coming around and what have you. Um, so I'm assuming then it's the next day that they get introduced to the research itself. Uh, yeah. So the next day is when they really got to start uh, kind of getting immersed in in learning about the research they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, I think a lot of the students had an idea that they were just going to arrive and then just start doing science. Oh. And in reality, we, we got there, and day two, we, we get up early, and we drive up this, this deep mountain, non-paved trail up, <laughs> up into the jungle, up into the clouds, wow. and we arrive at this, uh, it was almost a peninsula of, of just mountain stretching out over the rainforest. Hmm. And at the very end of that peninsula is this brand new, like built that year mm-hmm. and still under construction in certain areas, multi-million dollar research facility, which was designed specifically with high school students in mind. So yeah. it wasn't just that they got thrown into some university with, you know, stuffy lab coats and stuff like that. Right. They got to experience something that was designed specifically for them. And that was, that was so unique. And I had, a, personally, I had a hard time not just staring at everything. It was so <laughs> beautiful. It was so not distracting, but but sort of in a in a good way. Just mm-hmm. pulled your attention every which way. Wow. Um, and that it had the exact same effect on the kids as well. They were just enamored with it. And we got a little tour of the facility of this this research station. And that very day, uh, we started to learn about the leafcutter ants. Um, and they were instructed not just by, you know, not by someone like me, you know, a middle school science teacher, mm-hmm. but with actual Ph.D. scientists mm-hmm. and uh, a couple guys working on their Ph.D.s at the moment um, uh, that were getting their doctorates on specifically the topic that they were teaching these kids. So they were getting a top, top level university uh, classroom experience. Mm. And it was just a one-on-one situation with them and the PhD. It was not some weird online thing or anything like that. Wow. It was really, really interesting. And I, I don't know how much they, they fully grasped just how special that is. Mm-hmm. But to put it in perspective, I, I have a degree in biochemistry. And I didn't get anything remotely close to that level of uh, in-depth teaching 
until I was in my junior senior year. Wow, and college. they got it mm-hmm. as as high schoolers. Yeah, um, and, and that is that is amazing. That's a them. huge. That's a huge point, Ben, and the perspective that that brings is important and important for families to hear, parents to hear too, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not an inexpensive trip. And so, no. um, but it, it's when I hear things like this, this is what makes it worthwhile. Um, mm-hmm. An investment, really, in your child's educational future. Yeah, it really is. And on, on the note of, of the expense, when you take all things into consideration, it, it really isn't that expensive. When you when you take into account all the stuff that your students, your kids get to experience, mm-hmm. but also the fact that on top of this whole trip, this the kids also get three college credits awarded to them just from going on this little ten day trip. That's right, and that's. That's thousands of dollars right there yeah. of value mm-hmm. that you get out of that. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. I had I had forgotten about that piece, which is a big, important point to make. Well, so they, they get introduced to this uh, research facility, and they have these PhDs okay. or those who are working towards their PhDs, PhDs working with them one-on-one. And, and then what happens? You know, what, are, what type of research do they end up doing? So that's a, that's a good question. So they got to kind of pick their own avenue of research, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. And the, the doctors that were working there handed out the previous years and previous seasons lab notebooks from the students who had come before us. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that's really cool about another, <laughs> another thing that's yeah. really cool about this experience <laughs> is that the, the kids get to add their research to the cumulative research that has been done at the station up into that point. Mm -hmm. So a lab notebook is a legal document. It's admissible in court Hmm. um, because every little detail is signed off on. You're putting your stamp of uh, approval that this is true Mm -hmm. on every single little bit of information you put in that lab notebook. So these, these kids got to pour over years of work done by kids their age um, and they got to read through it and they got to, to find pieces that really stuck out to them and, and piqued their interest. And a lot of the, the, the uh, um, groups decided to further bits of research that ha- had already been started. Mm-hmm. So they, were, they weren't really starting from scratch. They got to learn about the leafcutter ants, learn about all the different uh, fungi species and bacterial species that grow with and on and around these, these ants. And then they also got to read research that had already been done, and and they uh, tended to latch on to certain projects that had already been started Mm -hmm. and then design a different avenue to take that research in. So they added to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, this year, um, we we go on this trip this year, and we look at those same lab notebooks. We will be able to look back, and we'll see um, students from Liberty signing their names on this lab notebook uh, from last year, and we get to, we could read the research again. Mm, that is really phenomenal, and and that's that's again real research. You know that is yeah. you know research doesn't happen in isolation; it is cumulative. And so to teach yep. the kids that um, at that age is really a wonderful opportunity. And you know, to your point earlier about the creativity, this is where some of their creative ideas become really important, right? Where they're poring over those lab notebooks and thinking, how do I take this in a slightly different direction and, right. and learn more information about this same, the same topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the students have to go out into the rainforest and capture part of 
the leaf cutter um, ant house structures, don't they, as part of the research? Yes, they do. (laughs) And that that was probably the the single toughest uh, day for the students was, number one, going out and finding these uh, nests, but then also digging them up before they, you know, got started getting bitten by the the soldier ants. But oh. uh, most of the kids avoided that pretty well. We, we got a good rundown on how to go about doing it and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually got not a guided tour, but kind of of some other nests that already had been found by the the doctoral students. Um, and they showed us how to dig them up, and then they gave the kids a backpack with a shovel in it and a container for the ant nest. And they said, "Go for it." But, I mean, can and you the students did. can you imagine this though? I mean, obviously Ben can because he was there. Yeah. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, how cool of an opportunity is this? When, I mean, if if my family were to somehow make the budget to go to Costa Rica, we wouldn't get. We'd go to a you know touristy place, right. you know, where there's hotels and mm-hmm. you know just because. I mean, but to have access to this very raw, untouched area of a a really an exotic place. Mm -hmm. And I mean, honestly, I just keep going back to what you were saying, Ben, that they're getting to be nearly Mm one-on-one with PhD level scientists. Yeah. And even if you don't end up, you know, in the sciences after high school, I think some of my most formative memories or things in my life that have made the most impact is when I've gotten to, you know, brush shoulders with someone that really knew what they were talking about, even if it wasn't something that was going to be what I pursued in my life. But it it opens your eyes to this entirely different way of thinking about things, a whole aspect of the of just God's creation that you just go, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that mm-hmm. that I didn't know that this, you know, plantation existed. I didn't know how people, you know, created chocolate from cacao beans and now mm-hmm. I get to see the plants and mm-hmm. and I'm getting to talk to these experts in a field and usually I find that when people are really know a lot, they're very interesting even if you don't mm-hmm. may, even if you're maybe not pa- as passionate about the subject as they are. It's just fascinating to me to get to watch their faces come alive and all of a sudden you go, well, that's really cool. I didn't know that you could do X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. or that, you know, that way of doing science or whatever it is existed. So what a cool opportunity mm-hmm. for these kids. Well, and as Ben said at the beginning, it he saw it as a, such a confidence booster in these kids mm-hmm. because they're being required to do these steps themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not being done for them. Then nobody went and got the leafcutter ant nests and brought them into them and said, okay, here you go, kids, um, which is more typical of a typical science lab, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, Ben, we also, you know, we're already at our five-minute mark, and we want to give you time to talk about your book, but is there something else that you'd like to share about this trip to Costa Rica through the Seeds of Change program before we ch- switch gears? Yes. So... One of my favorite memories from this whole trip, um, I've, I've taught most of the kids that went mm-hmm. since they were in sixth grade. Okay. And so to see them as young adults, actual bona fide young adults mm-hmm. in a lab setting, which that is, you know, that, that's part of, part of what really gets into my heart right there is the lab setting yep, and the yep. STEM and everything. Yep. But to see them 
doing actual science and not just doing it because they have to have to do it because they're getting a grade or because their parents are forcing them, but because they are actually interested in it. Mm. It was amazing. I remember one night we were right. It was it was right before dinner and we were waiting for the the, uh, fresh, fresh, uh, fresh coach food to be brought out to us. And I look over and I see a Liberty student talking to a, another student from across the United States. Um, they were in a deep, not heated discussion, but very intense discussion about their research, about what they were studying, and how, wow. they could, how they could tweak their experiment to get better data, to get more accurate results and more precise observations. And I just kind of just stared at him because I was like, when I was teaching you in sixth grade, it was all I could do to get you focused. Right. <laughs> And yet you are in the middle of a jungle in another country, navigating different cultural barriers, navigating a, a, a somewhat of a language barrier, too. And you are all in and you are really into this intensely. So uh, and that was just that's a memory I'm going to be taking with me my entire life. Absolutely. What a joy and what gratification for you as a teacher, Ben. You laid the foundation and um, you, you're you seeing the fruit. So I'm so glad that you were able to accompany them and look forward to hearing more next year, too, after you return. So let's sure. switch gears. You have um, written a very, very long book. We have a renaissance with, man with we us do, today. We do. Yes, that's a good that's a good way of describing Ben. Ben was a Liberty graduate, as we said. His mother is a very accomplished and well-loved English teacher. Yep. I can't wait till she and teaches his, my kids. His father was a deep, <laughs> deep uh, seminarian-type thinker and theolo- theology person. And so, Ben, you have put together a novel um, that is very deep from what I'm told by my son, Nils. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's around 570-something pages long. Um, it, it took a while to write, but imagine. reading and, and writing just long, long stories has always, always been a passion of mine. It actually started, not to, not to bring it back to Liberty again, but here we go. Yeah. It started <laughs> when I was in high school and we were reading Paradise Lost. And we were reading the Odyssey in, in, I believe, eighth grade or ninth grade. I can't remember which one that was. But these long poems, for, that's mm-hmm. what they were. And they were long poems telling a long story. And I just thought, wait, you can do that? You're allowed mm-hmm. to write a poem that's 200 pages long? Wow. That's, that's not illegal? <laughs> I, I, was, I was just struck by that. And I have always, always been writing stories. I wrote, I think, I think it was sixth grade. I wrote my first actual book. I just, I never published it. I okay, wouldn't. yeah. <laughs> yes. But it, writing has always been a part of me. And I realized, wait, I can actually do this. I'm an adult now. I have a little bit of time. Let's just do it. Mm. And I remember I started in 2015 when I, I actually uh, got an internship working with the Forest Service in Alaska. And I saw... I was working out on the on the tundra in Denali National Forest for three months, and I saw the Denali mountain range for the first time. Mm. And I'm not going to lie, I I teared up mm. because it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was so raw. It was so just gorgeous, yeah. and I it it clicked with my brain. I, I just couldn't comprehend how something that majestic yeah. could exist, yeah. and yeah. It, it just it lit a fire, and mm-hmm. that's. That's well, kind of where my story started. It's called great. The West Wind Tales. 
The Sword and, and Sand, the Westwind yeah. Tales. Available on Amazon. Yes, so if you all are interested, it sounds like a fantastic book. This may end up being something I do over Christmas break. Mr. Ben Struck, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Have a good night. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you.